I want to introduce you to a very dear friend of mine this morning, and that is Psalm 124. <laughs> this psalm has encouraged me and reassured me through some of the lowest moments in my life. And I am very happy to introduce you to this psalm, if, if you're not familiar with it. And I trust that it will become a very dear friend to you too. Psalm 124 describes the great blessing of having the Lord on your side. You could have many people on your side, lots of people on your side, and still be ruined. You could have a mother and father who are for you and still live in defeat and disaster. You could be very well liked and have many, many friends who want you to do well, and you could still end up in hell, both figuratively and literally. The one we must have on our side is the Lord. Only the Lord is capable of seeing us through this life and defending us against the forces that come against us in this world. But if the Lord is on our side, then we will never be given up to our enemies or our circumstances. God will see us through. God will vindicate us and we will enjoy glory and victory and ultimate safety. All right, here's Psalm 124. You can follow along in your bulletin or in your Bible. This is in the New American Standard Version. Had it not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, had it not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the waters would have engulfed us. The stream would have swept over our soul. Then the raging waters would have swept over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us to be torn by their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the trapper. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. The message of this psalm is very simple and very straightforward. If the Lord had given us up, here is how bad it would have turned out for us. But praise the Lord, he has not given us up. He has not given you up to your circumstances. He has not given you up to people who are against you or, or who don't care if you get hurt. He has not left us in the hands of wicked people who hate God. We are not left to the mercy of wicked governments or powerful people and institutions in our culture who hate Christians. He has not given us up to be torn by their teeth. He is on our side. 
As soon as we become a Christian, as soon as you become a Christian, you become automatically a target of Satan. And he works through unseen forces and people to dishearten, to divide, and to destroy us. Peter describes him as going about or prowling about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. So while we presently enjoy a status of love and favor and peace with God through Jesus, we face great opposition and even hatred and rejection from the world. Of course, Jesus himself was hated and put to death. The apostles were constantly in danger. Paul said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. Paul also said, we are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Luther's hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, means so much to us precisely because this world with devils filled does threaten to undo us. John Wesley, seeing the great opposition to William Wilberforce in his efforts to end slavery, wrote him a letter. And John Wesley said to William Wilberforce, unless God has raised you up for this very thing, you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But if God is for you, who can be against you? Oh, do not be weary of well-doing. In discussing uh, the opposition to his faith that he's experienced in Hollywood, uh, Jim Caviezel said, But I know our Lord deserves to be loved, and come hell or high water, I'm going to do it. I was deeply moved when I heard him say that. Because hell and high water will come. It's just part of the deal. It's just part of following Jesus. Satan works disguised or unseen most of the time. He sometimes works against us through the guise of circumstances. Paul said, for we wanted to come to you more than once, and yet Satan hindered us. Sometimes there's just this invisible roadblock in our way, and we can't seem to get things done that we want to do or need to do. Satan works against us directly through unseen spiritual forces. Paul said, we wrestle against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Satan also does work against us through people, and that's mainly what Psalm 124 is about. In Psalm 124, it is men or people who rose up against us. It is people whose anger burned against us. Sometimes Satan even works through good people who temporarily fall into 
his way of thinking rather than God's way of thinking. Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, for your thoughts are not on the things of God. And one of the most difficult things for believers to face is sometimes being hurt or, or given bad advice by God's people. But primarily in this psalm and in really in the broad context of, of Scripture, primarily we are opposed by people of the world who do not love righteousness and who do not love God. Jesus said, if you belong to the world, the world would love you as one of its own. But the world hates you because you are not of the world. Those, even those in the church who express the same beliefs of the world and who live like the world do not experience the opposition of the world. Paul said, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. In this great spiritual conflict, it often seems like we are losing. Psalm 12.8 says, the wicked strut about on every side and vileness is exalted among the sons of men. Another translation says, or evil is praised throughout the land. What, what a description. I mean, that could be a headline describing our world, our nation, our culture today. Psalm 124 says, the battle against us is so great that if the Lord had not been on our side, all our enemies would have swallowed us alive. The waters would have completely swept over our soul. We'd have been drowned by the flood of opposition. They would have torn us by their teeth. They would have trapped our soul like a bird. These descriptions graphically express the real danger that we face of being overwhelmed and overpowered and ripped apart by forces or people who oppose us. Psalm 124 begins by exhorting us, in a sense, to realize the danger that we are in, or at least the danger that we would have been in if the Lord wasn't on our side. So it, it begins, if the Lord had not been on our side, or what if the Lord had not been on our side is probably the meaning on it. What if the Lord had not been on our side? And it repeats it twice, emphasizing the, the importance of this, this thought. Martin Luther said, we are, when, when, when we are in danger, our fear is without measure. But when it is past, we imagine the danger to have been less than it was indeed. In other words, sometimes we forget how bad our lives would be if God were not on our side. And sometimes we need to just consider that. And I'm actually going to give you just a couple minutes at the very end of the service. I'm just giving you a little preparation. I'm going I'm to just open it up for a little bit 
for you to give a little testimony if, if the Lord had not been on your side. So sometimes we forget how bad things would be if God were not on our side. What if God had not saved us? What if Christ had not died for us? What if we were still enslaved to our sins? What if God hadn't helped us when people or enemies turned against us and sought to ruin us or destroy us? If we, if we consider, if we stop and consider the frightfulness of those situations, it actually builds deep gratitude and deep joy and praise to know that God has not given us up. So this psalm tells us, at least for a moment, to consider how bad things would be if the Lord had not been on our side. But despite considering the frightful reality of being swallowed alive or drowned by a flood of opposition or torn by our enemy's teeth, this psalm is not a psalm of discouragement. It is a song of exultation. It is a song of boastful confidence in the Lord. First, of course, it ponders what if the Lord had not been on our side? But then it, it moves to this great crescendo of praise because the Lord is on our side. If the Lord had given us up, we would be destroyed. But he has not given us up to our enemies to be torn by their teeth, and he never will. So praise the Lord. Let us bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us up. Let us, that phrase, blessed be the Lord, means praise the Lord or exalt the Lord or worship the Lord. Our help is in the Lord, and that is a sufficient help for all the opposition, no matter how terrifying it might be that comes against us. So no matter how much you might feel trapped in a bad or terrifying situation, no matter how much you might feel that you are being torn up by sharp or painful attacks, the Lord has not given you up. And this can become your personal song of praise. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us up. And I tell you, what an edifying and encouraging thing to just say that. Yes. I mean, I say it a lot. Uh, I, there, there's, a, there's an old song from Promise Keepers that basically is based on Psalm 124. And I sing that a lot. Man, if the Lord had not been on our side, wow, people would have swallowed us alive. But... Blessed be the Lord who has not given us up. Just a, it's such a beautiful and encouraging thing. And there, there's, a, there's a story. Uh, well, let me back up. You know, the church used to actually sing these psalms. They actually used to sing these psalms. And I think we miss out on a rich blessing probably by not doing that. But there's a story about a man who was being persecuted in Scotland for his faith and when he was released from prison the the Christians in the town gathered to welcome him from prison 
And first there were a couple of hundred that came, and then more and more people came, and soon there were over 2,000 people that gathered, and they sang in four-part harmony Psalm 124. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us up. Verse 7, our soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the trapper. The snare is broken and we have escaped. For some reason, there is, there is no joy like the joy of escaping, right? I mean, when you, think, when you think you're just doomed, when you think you're just toast, and all of a sudden you escape from it, there's just no joy like that. And we have escaped from men and from the fear of men. If the Lord is our helper, what can mere human beings do to us? We have escaped from the guilt and shame and bondage of sin. We have escaped from the wages of sin, which is eternal death. Uh, there's an old hymn that says, We sing the song of the soul set free. I'm sure David knows it. Anybody else know that? No? No, not even David. Okay, Susan. All right, Suzanne. We sing the song of the soul set free. Its melody is ringing joy and peace. To me, it's bringing. My heart is ever singing the song of the soul set free. Well, who is this that sets us free? Who is this who is on our side? Verse 8 answers that question. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help is, is not from a mere human being or from any other natural source. Our, our help is from the supreme power and being in the universe. Our help is from the supreme judge. Our help is from the maker of heaven and earth. So when you go to God for help, when you look to God for help, you are looking to, you are trusting in the almighty creator who is fully able to help you. You know, I'm afraid sometimes we just throw out that phrase, oh, God, help me. And we don't, we don't even realize who we're asking for help or who we're getting help from. I mean, we are getting help not from some just spiritual force or influence. We are getting help from the maker of heaven and earth. Following the Reformation, the Protestant church, churches all over France, and maybe some other places too, but certainly all through France, all the Protestant churches began every church service for many years by quoting this verse. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. I mean, what a great thought to begin a church service with. What a great thought to begin your day with. What a great thought to have on your heart and your mind as you, as you face life. I mean, life is not easy. Life has a lot of drama, a lot of problems. What a great thing to just go through life with this confidence, this confident boast. My help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, I want to use this psalm, and I, I maybe hesitantly say, but I, th I think the Lord 
led me or put on my heart to use this psalm to speak just to the broader issue or broader theme throughout psalms and throughout the whole Bible of the vindication of God's people because that is what this psalm is about. No matter what happens, God will make things right for those who love him and trust him. Isaiah 54, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper and every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. I mean, God promises he will rescue his people from wicked people who seek to harm us. We are promised that over and over from cover to cover. From Genesis to Revelation, literally. I could take you to verses in both of those books and everywhere in between that declare that truth. Psalm 3, 1 through 3. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? How many are saying of me, God will not deliver him? But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. God not only delivers us from evil and people with evil intent, he bestows glory on us. So he, he not only protects us, he, he lifts us up, he vindicates us. He, he is the lifter of our head. He is the one who lifts my head. A few other verses, these are so rich. Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Psalm 58, 11. Surely there is a reward for the righteous Surely there is a God who judges on earth. Amen. Ultimately, this earth is God's courtroom and he will have a day of judgment. Yes. Psalm 34, 21 and 22. Those who hate the righteous will be condemned. But the Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. I want to share with you now uh, four applications or four implications of, of these truths for us. First, we need to be less upset and less fearful about people being against us. We need to actually think that our status with God is what really matters. Psalm uh, 118.6, which is very close to what Hebrews uh, 13, I think 4 and 5 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. Amen. Romans 8.31, What shall we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against us? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God won't. He's the one who justifies us. Christ won't. He's the one who died for us. 
and intercedes for us now at the Father's right hand. Others can accuse, others can bring charges, other, others can condemn, but since God is on our side, what does that matter? This, this isn't saying that we shouldn't accept loving correction. I'm not talking about that. It's talking about those who accuse and condemn and attack. We focus on our status with God, not on what others say or think about us. We, we rejoice in and we think about the fact that the Lord is on our side and our help is in the name of the Lord. Amen. Second, I hope this doesn't sound too superficial, but, but here's the way I put it down. We can be happy warriors. We are in a war, but we can still be happy and live with joy and confidence, unafraid of circumstances and people, because God is for us, God is on our side, God is the one who vindicates us, and God will take care of or judge all that all the evil and evil people that may be against us. Psalm 67, 3 and 4. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity or with righteousness. We, we actually rejoice, uh, not in anybody getting hurt, but we rejoice in God's justice and in his righteousness and in his vindication of his people. Psalm 75, But as for me, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked he will cut off, but the horns of the righteous will be lifted up. And that is a, that is a powerful and much repeated theme all through scripture, and we see it very clearly in the psalm. So what does that mean? It means that, it means that we... Can, it means that we can relax. It means that we can stop wringing our hands over all the evil that is going on. It means that we can be happy in the midst of the war. There, there, will, there will be a day when God steps in and deals with those who mock him, with those who despise his word, with those who flaunt their sin, those who rejoice in wickedness, those who mistreat his people. There will be a day God will deal with with all of that. Then rang the bells more loud and deep. God is not deep, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. Amen. Jesus said, Shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? It's a sobering truth but the end of the wicked is defeat and destruction the end for the righteous person is victory ultimate safety and joy forever in the presence of God God will rescue his own so hold on keep faith keep 
a boastful confidence in the Lord as your helper and defender. Third application or implication, it is, it is not wrong to want vindication when you are harmed or wronged, but we never need to nor should we take our own revenge or return evil for evil or insult for insult. We can love and forgive and look to God to take care of us. Vindication, judgment, and vengeance belong to God, not to us. And this takes a huge burden off of us. We don't have to try to settle the score. We don't have to try to get back or get even. We, this allows us the, the freedom to leave things in God's hands and go live our lives with confidence and faith and joy in the Lord. Some people in the church, especially today, uh, not so much in past generations, but some in the church today think that we are solving a big PR problem for God by removing his role as judge. But that denies the truth about God revealed in his word. And if God were not capable or willing to judge evil and evil men, there, then there is no vindication, no justice, no salvation for God's people. There would never be an end to evil and rebellion and trouble for the saints if God did not have a day in court. A pastor whom I do not know but said something I thought with a lot of insight. He said a casualty of stripping God of his role as judge is that Christians no longer understand that their God will vindicate them when they suffer righteously. This is one of the reasons meekness is so hard for the present day believer. They are afraid that if they are meek, then no one will make things right. That is why forgiveness is so hard for the present day believer. They are afraid that if they forgive, no one will vindicate them. They are afraid that if they don't take their own revenge, then justice will never have its day. But Scripture promises that we can and, and should be meek and forgiving and humble and submissive because God will lift our head. He is our glory and the lifter of our head. He is the one who will vindicate his people. Fourth uh, application or implication, all people, and I mean everybody in this room, I'm, you know, I, I'm gonna say something right now that some people may think, well, this doesn't need to be said here at this place, but it is so important that I'm gonna say it anyway. All people everywhere should turn quickly to God because he is the judge of all the earth. In Acts 17, Paul said, God commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. Who is that man? Jesus Christ. We live in a time 
where God offers forgiveness and salvation and freedom from all condemnation and judgment. But not everyone will love and accept this amazing truth and this amazing grace. Jesus Christ will come back and he will come back as judge to judge the world. He will rule over a new heavens and a new earth. And Revelation 21, 27 says, no one who practices evil will be allowed to enter, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The most important issue here before every single person, every boy, every girl, every older person is, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Don't just assume that it is. Don't just assume that your name is written down because uh, your family is Christian uh, or your parents are or some of your friends are. I appeal to you to come to Christ to save you, to forgive you. Do not risk facing Judgment Day without Christ as your Savior. And if you come to Christ, he will, he will not turn you away. He will save you. And God will, God will say to you, or you will be in this new status with God. He will say to you, now, through Christ, I am on your side. And I will never give you up. But it is in Christ and in Christ alone that we can say God is for us. God is on our side. I think there is a, a danger of flippantly saying that God is for us without communicating the rest of that truth that he is for us in Christ and for those who are in Christ. Otherwise, sadly, we, re we remain objects of his judgment. Well, I want to close this morning by reading uh, the words of a hymn uh, written by Martin Luther based on this psalm. And so just, just listen and, and let this, the truths of this be absorbed into your, into your soul this morning. If God had not been on our side and had not come to aid us, the foes, with all their power and pride, would surely have dismayed us. For we, his flock, would have to fear the threat of men, both far and near, who rise in might against us if the Lord had not been on our side. Their furious wrath did God permit, would surely have consumed us and as a deep and yawning pit with life and limb entombed us. Like men over whom dark waters roll, their wrath would have engulfed our soul and like a flood overwhelmed us if God 
had not been on our side. Blessed be the Lord who foiled their threat that they could not devour us. Our souls like birds escaped their net. They could not overpower us. The snare is broken and we are free. Our help is ever, Lord, in thee who madest earth and heaven. Is that not a good reason to bless the Lord and to praise him? Let's pray. Father.